0: Well, if you're here and you've got your copy of God's Word, I'd like for you, I'd like to invite you to open up to the book of Acts, chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 12 as we continue our journey through the book of Acts. Uh, We're not going to do uh, as much of a review because it's going to kind of come up within the midst of the sermon, uh, all the review that we need to do. But let's go to the Lord in prayer first, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for his perfect life. We thank you for his redeeming death. And Father, we thank you for his resurrection from the dead so that we could have eternal life. Lord, we are eternally grateful for how good you have been to us if you never do anything else good for us as long as we live. Father, you have already poured out more grace than we could ever imagine. God, I pray that you would do great things amongst your people. I pray mostly now that you would feed them. And I pray that you would use me to do that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in the book of Acts Uh, We pick up in Acts chapter 5 Over in verse 12 Hopefully you remember the things that have been going on through the book of Acts And how the early church has been operating We just finished up a passage uh, about Ananias and Sapphira Uh, Hopefully uh, you understood that Hopefully you understood that Ananias and Sapphira Were trying to act like they were doing the very same thing That some people before them were doing God exposed the lies in their heart and then killed them, Keeping his early church pure and blameless. And so now we pick up chapter 5 verse 12. This is after God has just kept his church clean. And so just, just the last thing by way of review. Is that you've seen that God has used the religious leaders. To threaten the apostles. Tell them to be silenced. That didn't work. The The apostles and the early church kept preaching the name of Jesus. Then... Uh, God tried to to slip liars and deceivers into the church. And so Satan's attacking the church from outside. He's attacked the church from inside. God headed that one off at the pass. And now God is going to use the religious leaders from the outside to put more pressure on the early church to get them to be silenced. And he's going to up the ante. He's not just going to threaten them this time. But now they're going to lay hands on them, put them in prison, and be beaten for preaching the name of Jesus. All in Satan's effort to get them to stop spreading the name of Jesus. And so now we're in chapter 5, verse 12, and it says this. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. And so this this morning, we're going to read a little bit, discuss it, and keep reading instead of reading the whole passage straight through. And so now we're at a place in Scripture where at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders are taking place. And you know what's been happening. Uh, blind people are receiving, or excuse me, lame people are getting up and walking. The apostles are out doing the same sorts of things the exact sorts of things that Jesus was doing, right? And so Jesus's ministry is being continued through the apostles and great signs and wonders are being done. Now he goes on and it says, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. And so this early church, great signs and wonders are being done through the apostles and the whole early church is in the same place and they were in one accord. And so there's unity amongst the group. And why are they able to have that Why are they able to be in one accord? And the answer is because they've listened to God and they're doing exactly what he's called them to do. God told them very simply, stay in Jerusalem until power comes upon you and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the early church has, listened to this, they've bought into what God said They're doing it, and God is doing fabulous things through each of them. Is that not incredible? And that same sort of thing is available for us today. Buy into what God says. Everyone contribute and be a part of what God is doing, and then be in one accord. And check this out. It goes on and it says they were all in one accord in solomon's portico But listen to this it says but none of the rest dared to associate with them And so even though the early church is in one accord great signs and wonders are being done The rest of the world is afraid to associate with the church And you would think well, wait a minute We should have a good reputation in the community. We should know the community should know that they're welcome to come here Why would it be? That none of the rest dared to associate with them Because two fakers just died in church last week. Wouldn't you be afraid to show up and visit? It'd be tough. But listen to what happened that's not the case at all It's not that people are afraid It's because light exposes Darkness listen to this they were all With one accord in solomon's portico verse 13 But none of the rest dared to Associate with them however The people held them in high esteem and so It's not that the people don't like the church It's that the church is doing great signs And wonders they're being held in high esteem But people are kind of like I don't know Right And then listen to this Middle of verse 13. However, the people held them in high esteem. Verse 14. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly being added to their number. You get that? You got a group of people who are obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. Stay in Jerusalem. Wait until the Holy Spirit descends you 'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the othermost parts of the earth. You have the church doing that they're being christ's witnesses, witnesses of the resurrection in Jerusalem, and God is doing great signs and wonders through the apostles, and numbers are being added to them daily. People are constantly being added to their number, and so they have there 's a world out there that has great respect and all for the church. They know they better not fake it, but people are genuinely coming to Christ, repenting of their sins, and being a part of the early church, and it's fabulous. People have said to me, Pastor, you got to get people in church, right? These are things that I've heard, and I say this: when you have a church that knows what's got, what God's mission is for that church, people are in one accord doing God's mission, not faking. The Lord will add to his people daily, people that are genuinely being saved. You won't have to hire a man on a unicycle juggling for people to come into the church. People will be amazed by the work and the power of God in each of our lives that you won't be able to keep people away from the church when God's people get serious about God's mission and do it his way. Amen? And that's what the early church is full of. It's full of examples of God speaking to his people and the people doing exactly what God says to do. Listen, and what God says to do doesn't always make sense. I'm gonna, a little spoiler alert, if you haven't read Acts, we're getting ready to get to a chapter where God wants to take the gospel to Africa. And so the Holy Spirit tells Philip, hey, Philip, there's a random chariot going through the desert. I want you to run up to the chariot and overtake it. Must have had some bad Mexican food, right? Must have got one of those bad barbecue plates. Must have got the leftover barbecue plate from Davis Park last night, right? Must have sat out too long and spoiled. God, you want me to run after a chariot and overtake it? Yes, that's what I want you to do. And then he opens up the Bible to Isaiah and he begins to tell the man about Christ. And the gospel goes to Isaiah because one man was obedient to run like a wild man through the desert and overtake a chariot by himself. It's amazing what when god's people do what god calls them to do great things happen Listen to this all the more believers in the lord Verse 14 and all the more believers in the lord multitudes of men and women were constantly being added to their number 15 to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets So that when peter came by at least his shadow might fall on any one of them also the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all being healed. And so everybody knows what signs and wonders the apostles are doing and people from all of Jerusalem and from other cities are bringing their sick and people with unclean spirits to the apostles. And there's so much faith in what the early church is doing that they're laying sick people in the street, hoping that Peter's shadow might fall on them and they'd be healed. Now, It doesn't give this to us as being prescriptive We're not told anywhere that peter's shadow fell on anyone and that anyone was healed But this is the sort of these are the greatness This is the greatness of the miracles that are being done So much so that people just want to be in peter's shadow It is incredible right now the things that god is doing through the apostles and the early church and listen to this This is the end of verse 16 They were bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all being healed. Now, there's going to amount in the next verse some jealousy amongst the high priest and the group of people who were guarding the temple. Okay? The reason is is because these people with unclean spirits, you should be taking them to who? You should be taking them to the priest and to the Levites and they should be able to deal with unclean spirits. But whatever they're doing isn't working and they're seeing that what Peter is doing through the power of the Holy Spirit in his life that this early church has power associated with it. Listen to this, verse 17. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They're jealous because the people should be coming to them, but they're going to the apostles instead. You following me? You can see where this happens? So this, this is an instance of people That should be joyful about what's going on instead. They've resorted to hard-heartedness and jealousy And I thought a lot about jealousy and what to say about it And and I just don't feel comfortable telling you how bad I feel about jealousy from right here, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of words that you could use to describe jealousy that don't need to be said jealousy is a nasty thing and it gets people going in a nasty direction in life And jealousy generally happens in the lives of hard-hearted individuals exactly like these people. Listen to this. The high priest rose up, verse 7, with all his associates. That's the sect of the Sadducees. And they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in jail. And so these people are jealous because they can't control the work of the early church. And so what they do is they, instead of seeking the Lord, they lay their hands on the apostles of the early church and they put them in jail jealousy always drives you down a road of violence always there's never a story where someone gets jealous and everything turns out okay cain gets jealous and he kills abel the high priest gets jealous and they put the apostles in jail and so now they've put the apostles in jail listen to this and this is this is really really fascinating when you talk about all of these people the the associates of the high priest the sadducées you've got The priest, the scribes, the Sadducees, and Pharisees, right? Generally, during Jesus' ministry, you hear about Pharisees. You following me? Pharisees are the religious elite. You have a, a group that's in cohorts with them, but opposed to them, called the Sadducees. The Sadducees, interestingly enough, don't believe in the resurrection, they don't believe in angels, and they don't believe in miracles. And knowing that, this story is about to get real funny real quick, Okay? So the sadducees are filled with jealousy. They lay hands on the apostles They put them in a public jail verse 19 But during the night an angel of the lord opened the gates of the prison and taking them out. He said Go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life Upon hearing this they as the apostles entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach And so what are they teaching in the temple? They've just been arrested for teaching and preaching in the temple right they've had their hands laid on them they've been put in prison an angel breaks them out and the angel doesn't say oh go run and hide for your life these people want to do mean things to you he says no go back and keep preaching the name of jesus preach he says it specifically preach the whole message of this life the whole message of this life you've heard what they've been preaching already Peter's already preached a few sermons. He says, men, Jesus is a man who was attested to you by God, by signs and miracles. You've got all sorts of answered prophecies, prophecies that were written of our father, David. He walks through a bunch of the different Psalms and he tells the people exactly who Jesus is. And then he says, but evil men put him to death on a cross, but God showing his power over death raised his son from the dead so that you could be forgiven of your sins and so that repentance could be brought forth to Israel. Amen. That's the message of this life. And they're preaching that again. Listen to what happens now. This is early morning. First light. They're preaching that message in the temple. All of the high priests and Sadducees, they think that they're still in jail where they put them. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. Verse 22. But the officers who came did not find them in prison. And they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. You have a group of Sadducees who don't believe in miracles. They arrest a man, they arrest men, put them in jail, and somehow, miraculously, the people are out of jail and everything is 100% normal. You look at all of the other prison breaks in Scripture... The guards are are put to sleep by angels the prison walls fall down There's something wild that happens that explains how the people are gone This first one an angel sneaks them out like sealed team six Sneaks you out and no one understands how it happens because all of the guards are in place and don't have anything any idea that things are wrong That's funny stuff That's downright hilarious that god does that sort of miracle And so then it says in verse 24, Now, when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. And so, okay, we laid hands on these guys. They're gone. What in the world is going to happen? They're sitting around the table, have no idea what's going to happen. You can imagine how perplexed they are. Just wait and see They're gone We don't know where they are What's going to happen Now you pick up In verse 25 But someone came And reported to them The men whom you put in prison Are standing in the temple And teaching the people Then the captain Went along with the officers And proceeded to bring them back Without violence For they were afraid Of the people That they might be stoned And so They go back to the temple And they go Fellas Aren't you supposed to be in jail Let's Let's go back And the apostles follow them back where they're supposed to be. And they meet with this group of people, this high council. Verse 27. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. Notice he won't even say Jesus' name. We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. They don't have the courage to say Jesus' name. They want them to stop everything that has to do with Jesus. And then they say, you intend to bring that man's blood upon our hands. And listen to what he says earlier. Listen to what the apostles have been saying already. This is in Acts. You don't have to turn there. This is in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 22. This is in part of the Peter sermon. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, Just as you know, this man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. And so they're right. The apostles are intending to bring the blood of Jesus upon the scribes and Pharisees. Listen to this. This is later in the book of Acts chapter 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So when you're reading this, you think, no, Peter and the apostles, they're not trying to bring this man's blood on your hands. Your blood is on their hands. Listen to this one. This is later in Acts chapter three. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. This is all stuff that the apostles have said directly to the high priest and Sadducees and the Pharisees. And he, there's another one in Acts chapter 4. Let it be known to you, to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. And so you've got a group of hard-hearted men, Sadducees and Pharisees, that will not open the scriptures and see their faults. They resort to hard heartedness and jealousy. You keep going. It says this. But Peter, verse 29, and the apostles answered. Do you think that there's a second, for a second in your mind, do you think that Peter's going to go, sorry guys, we overstepped our bounds. That's not like anything Peter's going to say. You have all of this, this garbage going on in our world where people are being incole- in, uh, politically incorrect and then they're just absolutely being crucified and being forced out of different jobs and stuff. And so you have these organizations that are apologizing for things that they really have no business apologizing for. I see, I'm not, I'm not talking about all instances. I'm just saying that people are so afraid of upsetting anyone. But look at the opposite from Peter. Peter knows what the Lord has said and Peter's not backing down. Okay? Listen to this, verse 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Amen. Amen. When this book says something, you must obey it other than what any man says. So that would have been a really good place for an amen. When this book says something, You are obligated as a child of God to obey it over top of what any man says. Thank you. We must obey God rather than men, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So listen to this. He doesn't preach them an in-your-face message as much as you may think he does. He makes sure that they know that they have offended God by killing his son. Whenever you share the gospel with someone, you can't skirt around the fact that their sin has taken place. You can't lead anyone to Christ who's never sinned. And you can't bring any people to repentance who don't think they've ever sinned. You following me? So Peter can't sweep under the rug that the men he's talking to murdered God's son. You following me? There's no there's no easy way to get around it. When sin has been committed and if repentance is going to take place, somebody has to own the sin. And if you murdered the son of God You have to own that Until before you can get the repentance That's being preached And so he just says listen The God of our fathers raised up Jesus Whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross He's the one who God exalted To his right hand as a prince and savior Listen to this For what purpose? Right? Jesus had to die If they didn't kill him Somebody else would have But it just so happens That they're the ones who put him to death But listen to what he says Why Jesus died So that Repentance could be granted to Israel and forgiveness of sins. But this group of people gets so angry and jealous and is afraid to admit any fault that they completely miss that God did all of that so that forgiveness and repentance could be given to Israel. Hard-heartedness. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, all of that prevents people from coming to Jesus and being forgiven and granted repentance. Remember the Scriptures earlier? Repent so that times of refreshing may come. Brothers and sisters, times of refreshing, forgiveness, and repentance never happen until confession and admittance of sin takes place first See, they can't wiggle out of killing Jesus and be saved they have to repent of their sin so it goes on and it says this in verse 33 but when they heard this this is the the group of the Pharisees Sadducees high priests that whole group but when they heard this they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them and so these are men of God, the apostles, who are preaching truth and offering forgiveness if, if repentance takes place from God. And instead of humbling themselves as the high priests, Sadducees and Pharisees, instead of humbling themselves and asking for repentance, they figure that it would be easier to kill the messengers. That's tough, isn't it? Listen to this. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. And so if you read biblical, if you read books based on biblical history and such, they all talk about this man named Gamaliel, whom Paul was his understudy. They say that this guy was the premier Pharisee of his day. Okay? Okay? He's the premier Pharisee and he stands up and he said to them, verse 35, men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thutius rose up claiming to be somebody and a group of about 400 men joined up with him, but he was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, not the same Judas that you may be thinking of. Judas of Galilee, verse 37, rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. And for years, I read Acts chapter 5, and I thought, man, Gamaliel is a pretty wise guy. He gives some pretty sage advice, and he keeps them from killing the apostles on the spot. And then I studied it this week, and I prayed about it. And I thought, you know what? This guy Gamaliel, he's the most well-thought-of one in the bunch, he spends a lot of time in the temple. Gamaliel would have walked by that lame man who was begging to be healed and begging for alms. And he would have known that that man was lame from birth and he would have known that Peter healed that man. Gamaliel is a Pharisee. He's around when Jesus is sent to the cross. He doesn't stand up for Jesus. He allows Jesus to go to the cross you don't have any record of there being a lone objector in the pharisees except for maybe a man named nicodemus and so listen to these are some things that happened while jesus was on the cross that nicodemus not that nicodemus but that gamaliel would have been privy to there were six miracles on the cross number one jesus is on the cross for six hours for three hours it's light and for three hours during the day the world goes dark while jesus is on the cross miracle There's no eclipse. Scientifically speaking, you can't have a lunar eclipse during a full moon. Okay? So it's not a naturally explained world goes dark. The world went dark while Jesus was on the cross. And this man Gamaliel was there when it happened. He saw the world go dark. All of the priests would have been in the temple at the time that jesus was crucified on the cross It was a time of passover passover lamb being killed all of the nation of israel is around There would have been priests in the temple that saw the veil tear in two and it would have been a big deal Because you can't go into the holy of holies and you can't even look into the holy of holies or you'll die And there would have been a temple full of priests Who were standing in the temple when the veil tore in two from top to bottom and they didn't die because God was up to something big. There was an earthquake. Jesus is on the cross and the earth shakes and rocks split in half all while Jesus is on the cross Whatever this was, was so catastrophic that the Roman centurion that's right there next to Jesus, who's in charge of hundreds of other Roman soldiers, falls on his knees and says, surely this man is the son of God. Gamaliel would have been privy to all of that. You keep going. All of the, gra- no, excuse me, not all, selected graves within Israel while Jesus is on the cross, giving up his spirit, open up. Graves are Opened. What if you walked out of church and graves were open? Do you think that that would be something that you would remember for the rest of your life? Do you think that this is about two months after that happened? Maybe three months after that happened. Do you think three months later you would have forgotten that all of those graves were opened? Certain ones of them. And so the graves are opened when Jesus dies on Friday. Get this. The saints aren't raised until Sunday when Jesus raises from the dead. Jesus is the firstborn of the resurrection. The first one resurrected from the dead. And after Jesus raises from the dead, then selected saints from those graves get up and walk around town. Matthew chapter 28, 27, somewhere in there. So the graves are opened. Nobody comes out. Three days later when Jesus raises from the dead, they get out and walk around town too. Resurrected saints walking around Jerusalem. Jerusalem camellia would have been privy to all of that then he goes on the tomb is sealed right Pilate says seal it however you want they seal it with an emblem so that nobody can break into the, the tomb they also put guards in front of the tomb and jesus raises from the dead his body is unable to be found Right his grave clothes are laying there. Jesus is gone Not only that but people see jesus's resurrected body and gamaliel is privy to all of this All of these things have happened Gamaliel's seen them all on top of that. Listen to this We just covered it early in the book of acts Gamaliel says let these men alone if this is of god, you won't be able to stop it if it's of men It'll just go away Gamaliel knows that everyone in Jerusalem is looking to the apostles to heal them from uncleanliness and to cast out unclean spirits. Gamaliel knows that his religion is hollow and powerless. And he knows that people are coming from surrounding cities and bringing their people to Jerusalem so that they can be healed by the power of God at work in Peter's life. And Gamaliel's not a wise man. He's an indifferent foolish man who rejected the power of God and the apostle's life. And he's in hell bound center. who we applaud oftentimes for giving wise advice. You know what Gamaliel did? He rejected the son of God. That's what he did by being indifferent. Do you know what a wise man would have done? A wise man would have went back to that first sermon that Peter preached. And when Peter quoted from the Psalms, when Peter quoted about the resurrection of the the Holy One from the dead, he would have opened his own Bible and gone to it. And he would have recognized that Jesus was the promised Messiah. And he was answering all of those prophecies that were prophesied about him. And Gamaliel wouldn't have rejected Jesus. He would have led the rest of those men to repentance as well. And would be that we would stop taking wise people's advice and take God's advice and open His book and be a group of people who don't get hard hearted and jealous, but that we repent at our sin. Brothers and sisters, you want times of refreshing? I want times of refreshing. You don't get there without serious soul searching and repentance. You don't get there. You can take Gamaliel's advice all day long And it's hollow and powerless You want to see what power looks like People that come to jesus And they say jesus i've sinned Forgive me And he says get up and walk And people get angry when the man gets up and walk And then jesus looks at the crowd and says what's easier to tell a man get up and walk or that your sins are forgiven Brothers and sisters There's nothing easy about repentance Because it means Swallowing pride But let me tell you what When God's people fall on their face Before a holy God And they repent and they ask for forgiveness God Is faithful And he doesn't beat anyone on the head But he openly and willingly Forgives them of anything They've ever done wrong You've got a woman caught in adultery. All the religious crowd wants to stone her. And Jesus is the only one that sticks up for her. And the woman says, Well, aren't you going to condemn me too? And Jesus says, Go and sin no more. He forgives her. Forgiveness can't be given until it's asked for. Unless one confesses their sin, they can't be forgiven of their sin. Brothers and sisters, There's those of us here that need to go to other ones here and ask for forgiveness. There's miserable people sitting in this room. I was one of them for a while because of pride and things like that. But, brothers and sisters, don't listen to Gamaliel. Don't just see where it goes, don't be indifferent. Because look at what indifference gets you They took his advice Verse 40 So the group took Gamaliel's wise advice And after calling the apostles in They flogged them And ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus Then released them They beat them They took Gamaliel's advice And what is it? what did Gamaliel say? Listen to what he said I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone and then it says, and they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, then released them. And I just want you to see that indifference is opposition. If you're indifferent about something, it's opposition. And brothers and sisters, it is high time that godly people stood up and did godly things. There's a man named Edmund Burke that says all it takes was for all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And we live in a time where good men are doing nothing and evil is prevailing. And we need, as a church, godly men and women to step up, leave wise, sound advice like Gamaliel, and cast ourselves on the mercies of God so that we can have times of refreshing. I'm going to close us with a word of prayer. And part of my prayer is going to be that if any of us here... Need to do just that That we wouldn't let the sun go down on today Until we do whatever it is that the lord is laying on your heart. Amen Let's pray Father we love you And lord we look forward To times of refreshing Father we look forward to that Cool splash of water in our face on a hot day Lord, I pray for each of us. Lord, I pray that you would do away with the sin of jealousy. Lord, I pray that you would do away with the sin of hard-heartedness, the sin of indifference. Father, I pray that we would be the people of God who open your word and we boldly do what you'd call us to do. Lord, I pray that we would all be in one accord, rallied around your mission, to be witnesses of the resurrection to the ends of the earth and God I pray that we would be genuine that we wouldn't be fake and Lord I pray that you would continually add numbers to us daily God lastly if there's anyone here who's never put their faith in you to forgive them of their sins father I pray that today would be the day they do it in Jesus name we pray amen if you'd stand with us for him hymn- if there's any of you that are interested in coming to the altar and praying, I'd be honored to pray with you. You're welcome to pray by yourself. But if there's anything that the Lord's laid on your heart, again, I encourage you, don't let the sun go down on it. The longer you wait, the more time Satan's going to have to play games in your mind and call you not to do it. John? It's good to see you guys this week. I hope that uh, as we go through the day that uh, you'll be able to continue to pray and meditate on the things that we've talked about and I pray that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ would have victory in your life over the power of the evil one I pray that for myself also and on a daily basis and so I love you guys I love our church and I look forward to times of refreshing when Jesus pours them out on us let's pray together Dr. Tarkington would you do the honor of closing us in prayer